seen the opportunity to grow on YouTube and decided the the total audience is not a great metric. Matter of fact, it, it's a very bad one. And instead, we should just focus on one. And that's what we did. So like the end of last year was 100,000 subscribers. And then this year's goal is 250,000 total YouTube subscribers. And it just makes everything so much easier versus trying to aggregate these things. What are the different levers that we could pull to, to you know grow quicker? Welcome to Top of Mind, a show where we speak with top marketers, creators, and leaders who are shaping the culture around us. I'm Stuart Hillhouse, and I believe that through great marketing, you can earn the privilege of occupying a tiny sliver of your customer's already overflowing brain. Join me today as we learn what it takes to become top of mind. Oprah. Jimmy Kimmel, Martha Stewart. Have you heard of them? These are all extremely talented people who have built an audience, a business, and a reputation under their own name. They each took different paths to get there, but they all have one thing in common. They don't work alone. As audience members, we often forget that these types of personality-driven businesses would probably not be at the same level that they are today without a team in the background making things happen. They've got writers, camera operators, editors, and assistants who keep the wheels on so that they're able to deliver the kind of content that we've come to expect day after day. But the rules of audience-based businesses has changed recently. You no longer need to work your way up the industry, eventually getting put on primetime TV, in order to get your message out to the world. Extremely small teams of people can build massive audiences, starting with nothing more than a free YouTube account, a phone camera, and a plan. Today, I'm joined by the executive producer who works on Noah Kagan's content channels, which includes a YouTube channel with over 135,000 subscribers, tens of thousands of monthly podcast downloads, and an eager audience of over a half a million people. To help us learn more about the behind the scenes of what it takes to build an audience of that size, I'm pleased to be joined by the guy who makes it all happen, Mitchell Cohen. Mitch, welcome to the show. Dude, thank you. What an intro. Can we just end there? That was nice. <laughs> That's the magic of showbiz though, right? Like I, I had to write that script, but I bet that Jimmy Kimmel's got like a dozen people writing his intros. That's true. It doesn't sound not nearly as nice. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But it's a wild world too. And and it's funny in, in my research, just kind of looking at these personality types. And I know that's not exactly what, what you do. Like we're not in like standard showbiz, but it's wild to think that these people are like individuals and they have a brand, but there's so much behind what it is they do, like a full studio and a full team production, everything. All this person needs to do is to make sure that they like are on every single day to deliver that like caricature so that people love. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like especially the last probably five years, we're seeing more and more of that where it's like there are these brands, but then there are also like people connect more with other people rather than the brand too. So I mean that's certainly kind of what we've seen. And then others uh, doing the same, especially on a platform like YouTube, where you grow an audience so quickly. And yeah. e even just single creators start to get some 
subscribers and then quickly turn into a million subscriber channels and then build a whole team around it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to get there because I know you've, you've figured out some type of formula to be able to get that massive growth over the last year. It's not necessarily a formula. There's a lot of work behind it and we'll hear about that too. But before we get into that, I would love to hear how you describe what it is you do to your family. Because I think there's so much weird stuff in the marketing world that people just can't get a grasp on. I'd love to hear like how you describe it to your non-businessy minded family members. Well, that's a great question. I guess first and foremost, it depends on if I'm describing it to my mother or to my father. The, the short version for my mother, I basically, the, the shortest version of what I say is just marketing at a software company. The medium version is whatever my title is, executive producer, director of operations, any, any one of those type of roles that help basically organize our content and help with our growth goals. And the long version depends on the day you ask. That's pretty, that's pretty concise. And, and the director of operations too, like would be pretty all encompassing. That's pretty broad. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's like, it, it, it's both the most appealing and least appealing part of the role where I really enjoy working with a very small team and like just getting things done and not doing anything just to do it. We're, we're very clear on our growth goal and basically anything we do, we ask ourselves like, does this get us there? And so that's a great lens to, to look at any operation through. But at the same time too, there isn't a formula per se. And so it was a lot of trial by error. It was like, oh, okay, let's try this. It's like, okay, that doesn't work. Let's, let's pull the plug there. And so like trying a bunch of things, especially when we we're just starting out too, we, we certainly have found things that work more than not. And so trying to double down on those, but especially earlier on with just Noah and I, it was a lot of just like testing things out. One of the, one of the mantras is kind of like test then invest. So first just try out a bunch of things. A lot of them won't work and a few might. And so just try to do more of those. I'd love to hear the story of how you and Noah got to know each other. Cause he's been around for quite a while, at least in my kind of in my rear view mirror, I've seen him for a while and he's been doing content in a bunch of different capacities for years. And he's been building his audience for the same amount of time. And so presumably there were like a lot of people who were, who want, who wanted to work with him and, and had ideas and would probably be pitching him on all these types of things. I'd love to hear how you came to know him and, and how that relationship came to be that you'd, you'd come on as his kind of operations and uh, executive producer. Sure. Yeah. Uh, funny story, actually. So I, like you, probably just had heard him. I think I first heard him on the Tim Ferriss podcast and yeah. was just really interested in like some of these like little either life lessons or speeding up your mouse thing, just little efficiency type hacks. Then started listening to his podcast and just really was into the style and sort of the no BS, but like impactful basically tips. And then had listened to it for years. I'd lived in Chicago at the time. And then I, when I moved to Austin, a few months after the first couple of months I, I moved down here, that's where I'm currently, I was looking for different places to get. I hopped on Charity Navigator to look at different organizations to get involved with. I knew I wanted to do something like in the community and started to get involved with a couple of them. And then at the same time, one of his podcast episodes, he was talking about organizing the Sumo Charity Bike Ride. And I had just like signed up for one of his emails. So one of the automation emails was like something very, forget exactly, but it was basically like, maybe we will we'll work together on something. And I knew that he was planning the charity bike ride. So I was like, oh, I'm looking to like get involved in the community. So I hit him up and um, replied to the email 
it was like, yo, if you want me to organize sponsors for the bike ride, I'd love to do that. And basically that was like the first touch point. And I was pumped about it because I got to do two things I wanted. One, get involved in the community and sort of give back and to, you know, connect with this person whose content I've consumed over the years. And basically that's how it started. And then after, after we did that, got a bunch of sponsors. It was a really cool charity ride, raised a bunch of money, have done that the last, the last couple of years as well. And he basically was like, oh, you should come, come work for our company. And at the time I had started a, a marketing agency on my own with a buddy and was kind of putting all my focus there, but basically just stayed in touch with, with Noah. And then a couple months after he's like, yo, what if we, we, it's not just for the company, Sumo or AppSumo, it's like with me personally and help me like run my brand and podcast and YouTube and all that. And I was like, oh, that, that sounds like really cool. Not that the other one didn't per se, but it was enough for me to be like, okay, like, let's just go, let's just do this. So started part-time when I still had the agency. And then the beginning of 2020, end of 2019, had a conversation with them about, you know, what the, the following year looked like. And so both made the decision to, to go all in and basically has treated his personal brand just like a hobby. And the decision back then was to treat it like any other business unit in the AppSumo ecosystem. So that's essentially what we've done. Mm, that's super cool. I I reached out to him over Instagram and you gave me a couple ideas for, for questions to ask. And one of the ones that he brought up was the like, yes, there's tons of content about the how, like all the tactics you guys are using. But he asked like to ask him about the why. So can you expand more on that idea of using a person's personal brand as as a standalone business unit and how that can support a bigger objective? Yeah, I think it's an important question, right? Where it's like you could have all these numbers that you look at each, like literally each day and like check in each week and month. But if it's like, if it doesn't go towards something, it's like, why, why are we even doing any of this, right? I guess the macro version is just the being able to take a step back and like realize just how short this life really is and nothing's really, you know, promised next week, tomorrow, today. So that was one of the most important things for me as I when I moved to Austin really, I had actually quit my my corporate job and was actively not seeking a job because I was looking for just stuff that I was interested in, like proud of, all, all those sort of questions when I'm really honest with myself. And so, you know, one of the appeals to working in a role like this, both in in AppSumo, the company, and with Noah specifically, I think the company is just super cool on how we've like really empowered and enabled, you know, we call them like everyday entrepreneurs, but you know, anybody could could go list something like a, a PDF or an ebook on the marketplace and go start make money. And so I think that's really cool, like, you know, big umbrella picture. And then as far as working with Noah and sort of this this role in 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 the you know a micro media company it's like the thing i value most in life is facilitating deep relationships and so like that's both with my family and friends and interesting people like like this is awesome i'm having that conversation with you like i i, I love this stuff and i think noah feels very similar you know he has he he often says like i can't believe this is my life i get to like make YouTube videos and and talk to like cool people on on podcasts and and he he's he's found a way to to monetize that as a living right so like AppSumo is basically a, a marketplace for tools for entrepreneurs so he you know he 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 basically just promotes 
awesome tools for entrepreneurs and for who, who built the tools, as well as you know the entrepreneurs that are using them and and purchasing them. But then also you know promoting cool people on the show and like whatever we're into and learning. So it's really this like unique time period and platform just to like really have fun with like whatever you're into, right? Having these conversations, whether it's with other like business people and we've done some more like lifestyle type guests and we try to keep it more business and marketing. I think that's where his expertise is. And I think that's where we're, we're all just really interested in it. But for all those reasons, I think it's, it's healthy exercise to be like, wait, why are we doing this again? And, and to circle back that it's not all just about, you know, growing subscribers or growing on different platforms. And it's really interesting how much they overlap, like that idea of creating like a micro media company. But as his audience starts like getting deeper into interested in like understanding about how the old ecosystem works, then he can just always throw them over to Sumo. And that's like a fully functioning business that has like off- like offerings beyond just a watch my next YouTube video kind of thing. Yeah. And I think maybe place them gently. I don't know about just throwing Sorry, them Sorry. Yeah. Uh, that was a <laughs> miswording. <laughs> just toss them over there. No, I think that, but no, I mean, that's exactly right. The The reality of it is that if we didn't have the, the AppSumo ecosystem to sort of basically have the whole framework and set up, then like it would, it would look very different. Like we we're able yeah. to start with him and I, and then, I mean, we we're able to like scale out a full team with a producer and a associate producer and someone helping with the thumbnails and, you know, scripts, video editing, social media, all that. So how big is, you said when it started, it was just the two of you. Were you then in charge of the actual making the content? Because I know he does video and podcast and written stuff sometimes. Was that you doing editing or has has the actual hands on the keyboard work been outsourced from the beginning? It's been a little bit of everything, I would say. So like at the very beginning, one of the things we have a lot of clarity on now, I'd say is just having this like singular focus goal, which he's he's been big on since his Facebook days with, with, with Zuck. He said like, there's always just one goal. Everyone in the company is very clear on it. But like for whatever reason, when we started working together, we're, our, our one goal was this total audience number. And so we were aggregating this sheet I put together of like literally like, like Twitter followers, LinkedIn followers, weekly organic search traffic, basically all the socials, the size of the email list, we we kind of put at the top of that list to to prioritize more. But still, it was like all these different channels. And it was hard to say like what levers we could pull to move which one and what was really working. And so back then it was a lot of like, oh yeah, we'll make a blog post and then like get po- get some podcast guests and then maybe make a video. It was all very like random all over the place. And then we both were kind of like, it was actually around when COVID hit and he, I think, felt a little like fired to start making video and, and maybe seeing the opportunity to grow on YouTube as well and decided like the the total audience is not a great metric. Matter of fact, it, it's a very bad one. And instead, we should just focus on one. And that's what we did. So like the end of last year was 100,000 subscribers. And then this year's goal is 250,000 total YouTube subscribers. And it just makes everything so much easier versus like trying to aggregate these things. And you're just already a level below of like, all right, cool. It's YouTube. And like, what are the different levers that we could pull to, to, you know, grow quicker? Yeah. 
And content's a funny one too, because it is never ending. It's day to day. Like you have to put out another thing. So by committing to all those channels as to be measured on, at least like it's, it's important to be active on them in some regard. And I'm assuming most of those channels, he has an established audience of, of a significant size. So it's not worth ignoring, but you as the person who's in charge of keeping the wheels moving and getting in the right direction, you know, but that we definitely need a YouTube video every three days, no matter what kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. And I guess to answer your, your question of like what the roles looked like. So early on, it was both of us, basically him like recording a, a, a very random video. I think his first couple, his like his shirt was off in his living room, just talking about COVID. And like, we were trying to go after the recession proof, your business SEO, which we thought was going to be really big. It turns out it was for a minute, but, but not really. And, and then he'd send the video to me and then I'd, I'd make a, a, a thumbnail and, and try to tag it on YouTube and then do a little bit of light editing and, and then put it out there. And so if you look at our early thumbnails, they're, 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 they're not great. They're not good <laughs> at all. And then we're like, all right, if this is a goal, let's like level up. So that's when we started to get hire more people. So we have Jeremy who's the, the producer of the show and he does a, just an awesome job at being able to like take information and be like, okay, this is the angle. And this is going to be really popular with like, we, we call the the viewers, the underdogs and just knowing what will resonate and like how to really package it well. And that what your audience looks like. I love that you have a name for them too, the underdogs. Like that's, that just shows that you're rooting for them. It's not just a number. These are real people trying to take control of your life to your point earlier. About yeah. I, I didn't like the journey. I, yeah, I didn't like it at first. It it felt like it was like almost like like demeaning or condescending at first, but like the the way Noah describes it, like he very much views himself as an underdog. And it's not like he's like trying to give out, you know, help these people who are helpless. It it's more so like people who have like hustle like and are living up to their their fullest potential. Yeah. No big time. Uh, underdogs just sound a little, little nicer, maybe. Yeah. So hundred thousand was your first year's goal on YouTube, taking it seriously. You hit that, correct? We did. Congratulations. Resetting and then going into another year at 250,000. Where did that number come from and how are you going to get there? Yeah. So basically we know and I met in like November to, to kind of talk about, you know, what the following year looks like and planning. And it was anywhere from like, a hundred thousand more total. So like 200,000 to like 250 B and like the super stretch. And then at one point he's like, yo, we should do a million. And, and then we kind of went back and forth a little bit and like basically using the same projections that we used from the, the, the previous months and year. And we're like, Oh, I think we would be two fifty is going to be hard, but we'd, we'd also, it's also very doable and, and, and we'd be proud of it. And so basically like, we we kind of muscled our way through to get to the hundred and a lot of the things didn't work and like we're some of the metrics we're tracking weren't the right ones as with anything new and so it's like oh well we we know a lot more now and so we try to just really focus on on those and on youtube it's essentially just it it really is very simple, but like we over, it's easy to, to make it like overly complicated, but like you just get really compelling video ideas first and foremost, and come up with really good, clever titles and thumbnails. And so your, your CTR, your, your click-through rate is high. Otherwise nobody even 
can watch the the retention of the video won't matter if nobody's clicking and then you got to make a good video too that people actually watch and if you do those two things then youtube rewards you with with more viewers mm-hmm. it's really pretty wild that like we the the platform hosts the videos for free they bring us viewers in and in, in more eyeballs and then they 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 pay you too with with AdSense. It's a good system. They I saw a crazy stat, and I'm gonna I'm not gonna get the numbers. The average user, however many hundreds of millions of people go there every single day, and the average user is on there for 23 minutes or something. Imagine someone being on your blog for 23 minutes, you would lose your mind. You're like, this is the most engaged person ever. YouTube right. is just a vortex. It just sucks people in. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean they are Google is the the clear winner in the equation having, you know, the number 1 and number 2 largest search engines and just all the those eyeballs on the on, on the platform. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm curious, what are some of your favorite YouTube creators that you're taking a lot of inspiration for in this in this new year of of creating? Yeah, there's it it's it's funny cuz like I open up YouTube and one just so impressed with the out al- with the algorithm to like I, I very rarely will subscribe to something just because it already knows my behavior on like you know I can open it up right now and be like oh that looks like a video I would want to watch I'm I'm really impressed with people like Ali Abdal and and like the Matt Diavellas or Thomas Franks like there was a a period probably like a year ago where any productivity type video you know if it had the word productivity tip or hack or in the title, like I, w- I was just watching it and like loving it. And I try to focus more now on, on doing the actual thing versus the framework of how the thing might be. And <laughs> that, I was actually jerk. That's a hundred percent over here too. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, especially with like these new shiny tools like Notion. And it's like, oh, maybe I should set up my Notion like that, this and that. And so like, I finally have gone back to, to Evernote actually and still use Notion for a couple of things, but was journaling the other day about one of the things I've been most um, impressed with with Noah and have have learned the most from him, I'd say is his ability to just act and move quickly. And so for me, I'm very much want to like think about it and like, regardless what it is, if it's, you know, it could be something that's like, oh yeah, I want to read a book about that. I want to take a course about that. Then I want to do that where he's just like, oh, I just want to like, let, just go now. And the feedback you get from just doing the thing is far better and obviously quicker than like reading any book about it or, or overanalyzing it. So when I was like kind of journaling and reflecting the other day, I was like, uh, I need to prioritize the now rather than the how. And that little like mantra over the last like two or three weeks, I've used a lot and it's been like, it's been great. That's really what I, I'm going to write that down. I like that a lot. I'm curious is to understand is, is there an end game to having that audience or is it more of a be in the now kind of thing where it's like, this is fun. I'm sure there's a lot of fun you guys are having. Like the content itself is, is lighthearted, even though it's about business. It's actually like the most entertaining business content I see um, on my feeds at least. But at the same time, it's like it, there are advantages to having it. But I wonder if if you guys have talked about an end game or how you're thinking about those like five years from now, I guess. Yeah. So Noah would answer that. And he said that he wants to be making videos for the rest of his life. And, or, you know, at least like 10 more years of, I think he's been blogging since 2000. So like he, he's very much into putting out content. Like, you know, back in the day, he wasn't 
you know, necessarily he wasn't getting paid for it. And today I think it's mainly, there's definitely a lifetime value of a customer that someone who becomes a life, an AppSumo customer. And so that's a very real thing. And I think on the macro level, we view it as the, the, the larger we could grow Noah's audience in not just like random people, but people in business and marketing the over time, that's just like an investment into the AppSumo as a company to, 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 to grow that as well. I'd love to hear an example of an idea you guys had and that you acted on that you thought was going to be amazing and, and flopped. And then, and then I'll give you your time to talk about an idea that maybe wasn't great, but did surprisingly well. I'd love to hear that. That's a great question. I, so I was just going through some of our, so we'll do like best marketing tips for 2021 and, and each year. And the one that comes to mind when, when the LinkedIn newsletter came out, it, like we got like one of the early invites there. It's like, oh, this is going to be game changer. There's going to be so many, so many people will have access. To, so many people will, will read it and view it. And we like this new thing that we have access to could be like, you know, the thing that gets us our, our total audience number that, that never panned out for us. I would say there's been a lot of these giveaways that some of which will kind of ROI into a low, you know, dollar cost per subscriber, which we compare with what we could get in say like Google ads or, or we used to be run, we used to run Facebook ads to it. And some of which, if it's on another channel, it's definitely worth the investment. And we could give away something like an iPad, which isn't terribly expensive to, to a, a subscriber of another channel. And if they subscribe to ours, and that's great. When it hasn't worked out great, we gave away a company a couple of weeks ago, and I don't think that that one quite ROI'd. It was it was fun, I suppose. <laughs> and then he gave away a, a share of Tesla, and and that that one that we, we didn't really get too much juice out of out of that. Fruit. I love that idea of pushing the boundary and doing giveaways that are just so outrageous, like. Here I'll just give away a free company like that, but that is exactly what his audience wants, and so it's on brand. But at the same time, it's also just outrageous. So even someone who isn't interested would be like, "Holy crap, really?" Right, and like it, it definitely has worked before, right? Where he there's almost with the giveaways things, and like one of the the, the tools is called King Sumo, where you could it's a free tool to host a giveaway, and they definitely have worked in terms of just you know numbers of people. And the last year we gave away Noah's Tesla. It's like steal Noah's Tesla, and like that ROI pretty quickly. But mainly because we had that we had AppSumo to run ads to it, and they got the email. And but it's almost like with giveaways, you definitely can't. I think what a lot of people do is like, oh, here's my free course, or like here's like something that nobody really cares about. Mm. And so you got to like, if you're gonna do it, like really do it. And so we've tested everything in between, where it's just like simple iPad is like at the lowest end versus like, you know, a, a company on Flippa. Yeah. Having the platform benefits when you're kind of looking to make connections with people who would be otherwise pretty tricky to get a hold of. Like there's, there's, there's value in having an audience because you could call or message some pretty important people who are hard to get a hold of. And if you say, oh, and it'll be seen by a hundred thousand people, there's incentive there to join. 
what other kind of opportunities have have you noticed that come with that kind of a model where you have a platform and you can promote things uh, in, a, in a certain way? Have, have any other opportunities kind of come to mind that are pretty unique? Opportunities, I would say the the the, the access to people would definitely be the the one top of the, top of the list. And at this point, a lot of the the people and guests we've had. Some have just been outbound, like we keep a list of of the guests we want. And then others have just over the years, Noah has the relationship with them, him or her already. And so being able to point to, you know, a hundred thousand email list and like the sometimes we can mention AppSumo stuff, and then other times it's just like the YouTube channel or the socials. It, it it makes the ask pretty relatively easier if we're going to do like a full promote promotion of their thing if it's like they just wrote a book or whatever but other times too people people are busy and like you have to make it super compelling even if you have all those things to like line up the time when in in something that they care about too so people probably top of that list and we haven't we'll, we'll get a decent amount of inbound like sponsorship or or like cross promo requests but we haven't really prioritized any of those so i i wouldn't i wouldn't say that those have been of, of much uh interest to us yeah but mainly mainly the people and the channels of just like oh this person's cool we should meet them yeah and and those and now with all the live tools, like being able to go on on YouTube live together like with another, I always love those because it opens me up to new to new channels. And if you've got two people with massive audiences, that's just like such a seamless way to cross cross promote each other's work. Totally. Yeah. It's like relatively simple to we use the the tool StreamYard, which again at first we were like, what, what do we use? And it would always like different tools would crash. But then it was like, oh, it's so nice. You could just click a button and then you're streaming on YouTube and Instagram and or in LinkedIn and Facebook. And it's it's like easy to bring a guest on and display a banner or share your screen. So that's been that's been great. So as as someone who watches a lot of content or reads or listens to like it's all it's all mushing together at this point. <laughs> but I'd be interested to hear how you think about adding new people. Like I don't know if you think about it as a funnel even or if it's more of a I don't know if you've got another shape in your head that you think of as you add more people, but how do you think about kind of bringing more people in and give like creating content that brings those people in and then versus the someone who's maybe been on your email list for, for eight or nine years, how do you balance that or think about it? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's very clear when we come up with say a video idea and either we're not excited about it or Noah's not excited about it. And so like, even if it's the perfect angle of like, like one example, we think that the audience would, would love an, a video or, or a post about passive income, but like Noah just doesn't want to do that. And he's like, he has mixed feelings on passive income. And so, you know, it, it, it would get brought up in our, our video ideas meeting. And so, you know, that would be great to, to put something out. I actually think we found a way to do it, but for a while it's like, ah, he's just not pumped on it. So like, we have to be excited about it or else you could just tell that the video is flat or the, the piece of content just won't work. So it's like kind of finding this overlap of where we want to, you know, find people or, or what people are interested in consuming and learning about and like what we're hyped about making. And like, sometimes those don't overlap a ton. And like some of like the our earlier YouTube videos, like we like like 
productivity stuff or like morning routine or calendaring thing and goal setting. Like I love all that stuff, but we've tried to make videos on that and like, they just don't do as well. And so then we've, we've, we've kind of found like, Oh, when we talk about, you know, breaking down other channels or other big business things or, or, or business YouTube or businesses in general, those do well. And those are good to learn from, but we're, we're trying to steer a little bit away from that where it's like, all right, we're getting a little bored with those. What else are we excited about where people also would want to, would, would want to watch the video? I'm going to wrap things up here, Mitch. This has been super helpful for me in my work and learning kind of behind the scenes of uh, a really well, well-oiled machine. At least from the outside, it looks like you guys have a well-oiled machine. Talking to you, you're obviously at the helm making things happen. It's that's, probably that's a little messy. facade we're trying to keep. <laughs> yeah, it always is. It always is. I got one more question for you, though. What is the thing you're most looking forward to? Like, do you, do you guys have a any anything planned that you're really really pumped to put together? Most looking forward to. We were gonna go to Spain in this past November to to do this like this like course thing that that ended up not not happening, obviously with COVID. And then we were planning out the year and we were talking about a, an international trip to, I think we, we settled on either Tokyo or Brazil. And both of those sound awesome. And, and I'm sure we'll come up with some creative ways to make content out of. So those were the, the first things that came, that, that, come, that came to mind when you say that. But really, I think we we just hired another associate producer to help with the scripts and like we've really leveled up i think like a team and and in a core process and so for me like i i love you know brainstorming and be like oh what if we do this and and pivoting in this direction but i also like to test a bunch of things and be like okay now this is the process and so i think having a team in place and there are le- there's just less uncertainty will will is something that i'm most excited about yeah. Back to your point. Test them invest. You live in it. Exactly. Exactly. Trying to. Certainly did our, our fair man, amount of testing. Awesome, Mitchell. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, definitely go check out Mitch. He's putting out his own stuff too. So definitely go check out his writing at on Twitter, Mitchell Landon. I'm assuming Landon's your middle name. It is. <laughs> and then also his website, MitchellLandon.com. Thanks a lot, Mitch. This has been great. Thanks, Sue. This is a lot of fun. Thanks. If you enjoyed anything that you just heard, you're going to absolutely love what I'm about to tell you. If you go online to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button, you'll be added to an email list where I share exclusive content related to this show. This is where I'm going to share my key takeaways from each episode, including my highlights, top of mind takeaways, and next steps that you can do to put this advice to action. I also share some real life breakdowns of marketing campaigns that I'm seeing around and how I'm using it in my work. So head on over to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button to get your first email. Looking forward to seeing you there.